snuggling in strips of cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Okay, so what do we have for some of the characters in this passage? I can't see you very well, so speak loud too and I'll help the, those at home see. Who are some of the people we see? We got Mary and Joseph. Good. Who else? Augustus, yes. Baby Jesus is in this one, yeah. See? Even Piper's getting in on the action. Who else? We got some more people. Lots of names in this passage. King David is in there, right? Why is he in there? Yes, Joseph was a descendant of King David, which is very important for prophecy, right? Uh, because the Messiah is going to be born through King David, right? And where did they, where was he born? He was born in a stable. What town was he born in? Bethlehem, right? And where was Joseph originally from? Nazareth, right? In Galilee. Okay, so that's important. All those things are important. Some of the details we find in Luke chapter 2 help us with Matthew chapter 2 as well. Uh, for example, it gives that he will be called the Nazarene. Well, we know that that um, he's in Galilee, things of that nature. Uh, that's where Joseph was from. That's where. So some of these prophecies are fulfilled in that way and things. If you look at this, in verse 7, what are some of the details we find out about Jesus and Mary? They're engaged, right? They're not married yet, so it's um, baby out of wedlock, right? But it wasn't her, it wasn't his baby, it was her baby, right? We know that. What else? What? There's wise men, that, they come in a little bit. Not quite yet. Firstborn. Yeah, firstborn. It's her firstborn. That's significant because Christ has to be the firstborn in, in the family line as well. And so as we get going through there, she wraps him in swaddling clothes and lays him in a manger. Matthew chapter 1, if you want to turn back. So there's Luke. You just flip back to your left. I'd say about 60 pages, give or take. And you might find it there. Luke chapter 1, verse 18, says the birth of Jesus the Messiah. Did I say Luke? Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. You're like, what? Are we going Luke? Are we in? We're in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break up the engagement quietly. As he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid 
to take Mary to be your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Okay, so we see some of the same characters in this passage as well, right? Who do we have in this passage? We have Joseph again, yeah. Mary. Jesus again, right? He's in there, right? And so we have in verse 23, why does verse 23 look all, why do they center it in the column there instead of justify it and make it all pretty? What's that signify in the Bible? Verse 23. It comes from the Old Testament. They're quoting the Old Testament. And where do we know that we found that? Where did we find that? We studied it this week or this month. It was in Isaiah, right? Yep. In Isaiah chapter 7, it says, The virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son. And was that given under... A nice decree that they were so happy about? Or was it given to an evil, wicked king? king yeah, it was given to King Ahaz at the time. But I'm sure King Herod probably was descended from him. I don't know if he was or not. But yeah, it was given to King Ahaz at the time. And um, it was a prophecy to say that the Messiah is coming. And here's where he's going to go. Okay. What else do we see in here? There's some good application, okay? So you look at Joseph. This passage is a lot about him, even though Mary was the one that was the one to carry the child. Joseph needed to be encouraged, didn't he? What did he need to be encouraged to do? To stay with her, right? To marry her, Um. What did he do out of respect for the Lord? Names him Jesus, as he's told, and he does something else. Abstains from something. Yeah, abstains from relations with her, right? And so as you look at this passage, you see a lot of obedience. You see a lot of obedience where Joseph follows through with what the Lord has for him to do. What do we know that the Lord has for us to do? How can we find that out for us? Yeah, through his word. We can read the Bible is what Beth said. We can read the word of God. We can find out what he has to say. We can look at Christ's example. We can look at other people like Joseph and see their example, Mary's example. She does a very good job setting a good example in the Bible as well. And then we can follow through on those things that we know to be true, right? Okay, let's go to the next song. All right. Next one we're going to do is Oh Whoa. Holy Night. We're back in Luke again. Thought we left for good. But keep your hand in uh, Matthew, too, if you want, if you're that kind of person. 
because we'll be back. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks by night. Now we got some details in that first verse, don't we? What night was it? That night, which would indicate what? The night of his birth, right? The same night that he was born. There were shepherds staying in the fields guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him, by this sign, you will find a baby snuggling in a strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel were joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and, on, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the angel the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that it has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone who had happened what had happened and that the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds were back, went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. This was just as the angel had told them. So we have some in, an interesting story here, right? So who's this story about? It's about three good answers for this. It's about the shepherds. What else is it about? The wise guys? Not yet. Those wise guys, they're still far off to the east. It's about baby Jesus, yep. Yep. And angels, right? Lots of angels. Multitudes of angels. Dare I say, everyone that's left up in heaven has come down to worship the king. The king of everything. So, what? why do you think God chose to come to shepherds first? He would recognize what? The Messiah. The Messiah? They'd recognize the Messiah for sure. How would they recognize him? They took care of the sacrificial lambs. They took care of the sacrificial lambs and what indicators did they give that would have been similar? Wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying where? In a manger. Does it say that they ran around the village looking for this manger? No, they knew exactly right where that was, didn't they? Do you know what's raised in Bethlehem, the city of David? Sheep. Sheep. 
That's a good guess. That's, that's right, too. Yeah. What kind of sheep? The sacrificial lambs for the Passover, right? And how, when a lamb was born, what did they do with that, Mike? Do you know? And light, laid them in the manger, right? So they knew exactly. The shepherds would know exactly what, where he was at, right? And if you've ever get a chance to go to Israel, there's still the tower there in Bethlehem and the place where they assumed that Jesus was born and, and laid. They couldn't find room in an inn, it says, so they, they were able to go here. Well, what better place to have a baby than in a place where they deliver lambs quite often with very tender love and care, right? It may be where all the where they would just have a maternity ward just for the kids too. Sometimes it's not much different. But in this case, there was all the rooms were packed, all the houses in the town were packed full. They were able to uh, have the baby there. A lot of people say that, well, I can't believe that they were out with the cattle. I can't believe that. Well, these people were professional uh, caregivers, um, midwives, and um, I think they would, they would know what they're doing very well. So they were astonished to see. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. In Luke chapter 1, we haven't read it tonight, but what other astonishing birth have we learned about? John the Baptist. What, was, what, what drew the people to the amazement of this? Yes. He was muted, yes. Uh, throughout the pregnancy, right? For about nine months, he couldn't speak until he said his name is supposed to be John. As soon as he said that, he came out praising God. And yes, his mother was beyond the age of birthing children, and she was able to have um, John the Baptist. They were already keeping an eye on John the Baptist. Now they're keeping an eye on this birth as well. So God is setting the stage um, one more time, or maybe the first time, and he will set it again uh, in his second coming as well. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judah during the reign of King Herod. About that time, about that time, not later that night, later that evening, no, it was about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose we have come to worship him. Anybody get outside to see the star a couple nights ago? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people did. It's pretty interesting to see, huh? The Kind of the planets aligned. It's really neat to see it on um, the Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, Jerry Palmer sent me that one, and, and it shows them lining up the rings just perfectly. It's pretty neat. Verse 3, I preached on this this time, but 
bothers me. It says, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. It bothers me because they're not expecting, they're not watching, they're not looking for their king. They're not singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. They're doing their own thing. And it bothers me because I feel like that's how we are a lot today in our country. We are doing our own thing. We're doing what we want. And that's going to come back to bite several in this way. It says, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, and as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem and Judah, they said, For this is what the prophet wrote, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Notice it says, Israel and not Jacob, pointing to a redemption, that Christ is coming back to redeem us. This is a start of something great. This is a start of something amazing. And the wise men, if you skip down, it says, When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. This is verse 11 now. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. And then Matthew goes on to talk about two more places of his that fulfilled prophecy, that he'd come out of Egypt and that it would be called the Nazarene as we discuss, which you can get a little bit in um, Isaiah chapter 9. You can also get a little bit from the where Joseph was and things. So as we come before the Lord tonight, the gift that he has given us, packaged in a little baby, is pretty amazing. We have a God who cares enough to allow his creation to take care of of the Creator. It just blows my mind away that He puts so much responsibility of saving the world in the hands of His created ones. One, it shows a lot of trust and faith in us, doesn't it? But I don't really think trust and faith has never been a problem for God, has it? It's always a, it always happens to be a problem for us. And we like sheep, have all gone astray. And God's taken care of all the iniquity of us all, which is another name for sin, right? And next week, next Sunday, we're going to be talking about how the transition, I guess. How do you, how do you transition from Christmas to Revelation? You do it by Matthew 24. So next week, we're, we're getting into the thick of it. Um, and I don't pretend to be an expert in prophecy. I, I kind of don't even like prophecy sometimes because sometimes it gets so taken out of context that you're like, no. So my version of Revelation will be very simple, be very easy to understand, and it'll be something that you might be interested in. As I've studied 
Revelation in the past, I find it's easier to read large chunks of it and then go back and study small chunks of it. So what I mean by it is if you read, uh, if you want to study chapter one, you probably need to read at least through four. And if you want to study chapter two, you need to read on through about 10. And then it goes, you can kind of look back. After that, you can, it kind of catches up with the storyline. You can catch up to it. But there's a lot of things that are given, a lot of symbolism and things. Some of it I know, some of it I don't. Some of it I'm confident in my knowledge of, and some of it I'm not. That, maybe that's a better way to say it. I'm a student in this. And as we go before, it all comes back to when he gave us the Christ child, right? Born of a virgin, which is prophecy, and given uh, to the world to die for us on the cross. We're going to take our candles now, and we're going to remember that time. And if you could hold your candle straight up, I'd appreciate it so it could drop in the, in the cups, because last year we did not do that. And uh, some of the fabric on this, on this is going to last a lot longer because it's full of wax. <laughs> Christ is born, and he never looked back, did he? He gave us his spirit, and he poured it out on Pentecost. And today and always, we have Christ, our spirit, in it, his spirit in our heart. And that's something that this light can represent, right? As we hold this light up and let it shine, it pierces the darkness but how much brighter is that light when we hold it together as a group? That's why Christ had his church come to proclaim his name and not just an individual. So as we go into the Christmas season, as we go um, into Christmas tomorrow, let's remember that the ultimate gift that was given was Christ our Savior and his birth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your gift of coming to this earth to be our Savior, to be our Redeemer, to pay the payment for our sins. Lord, we thank you for our time together as a family of believers. We pray that we would proclaim your name boldly and without hindrance um, in this COVID season. If it couldn't stop Paul being in chains, then it can't stop us from being locked in our houses or whatnot. Lord, I pray that we would proclaim your mighty name through the nations. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I did.